in this new world where we both just so we just so everybody understands we both do believe in believing the victim so now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of what does that exactly mean and we're talking about obviously um a victim of sexual assault sexual abuse sexual harassment like we want to believe but how do we move forward with that belief in this world in terms of social media and everything else. Does that capture it, Lenya? Is that It does, but in the case that I'm talking about, I'm not even sure that that was sexual assault. I said I I think it was more that it 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 well it wasn't sexual assault, but it was more that uh, that she didn't give there wasn't informed consent. Well, if it's not informed consent, if it's not consent, it is sexual assault. She consented to the sex. She didn't consent to having sex with him knowing that he was having sex with others. Right. So that's just right. That is not that is not sexual assault. That is somebody being a dog. Yes. And not telling somebody, hey, I'm a dog. No, but that's the thing. Said that on his on his um, profile that he was puppy. That he. Oh, right. So then he sort of said he was. I totally agree. I think that's. Well, that's just that thing, especially if you admit, but even if they didn't, even if he lied, like lying is not a crime. Lying makes you, you know, for lack of a better word, a douchebag. Like it doesn't make you. And I was like, and God, I would like think of all the men I dated in my 20s dated. I dated in quotes, you know, because it is what it was. But the idea is like how many times and I was like, I don't even think men maliciously lied. It was just like they're like, yeah, I, 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 I like you today. And then tomorrow I meet this other person and I like them and they didn't know. And I got to say, I'm probably guilty of the same thing. Same. But you know what I ha- what, what I find interesting about this whole case study is that because this all played out on social media, the way we love these people that are in the public eye so much. That when they have a fall from grace, we villainize them. Yeah. Where instead of understanding that people are people. I don't know if this is the, but you know what? To be honest, is this an American thing? Because like in European countries, their leaders always have these like little indiscretions. But people seem to understand that they're indiscretions and that they may not have or that they don't necessarily have, that, that it doesn't cause a problem in the way that they lead the country. Yes, I slept with this woman, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, they're still an effective leader in the way that they understand how to run the country. So does this little and this does this indiscretion from this particular content creator make him a bad social justice warrior in the indigenous community? Does one have anything to do with the other? Right. Should we all go and unfollow him because he had he slept with two? Well, the thing that a lot of black people are saying is that he slept with two white women. So you're out here, you know, talking about the colonizer and go and being very upset about, you know, how white people colonized America and, 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 you know, and hurt your people. But then you go and sleep with the colonizer's daughter. So this is what they are saying. So I understand that is so here's the thing that gets so complicated with any of that is, are we really going to start? I think we've come like sleep, just the idea of sleeping with the colonizer, like that actually just even that. That term. Well, but it's also just, I'm sorry, sleep whoever you want to sleep with. Are we really saying don't sleep with exactly. the enemy? Is that so now that's where we are? Like we've gone. Are we really isolating ourselves? Like that's an isolationist argument. And yes. and that makes me. 
and the, I feel very fragile saying this, my white fragility, you know, I feel very nervous saying this. So I was like, you know, I'm all for saying we're not a colorblind society, but are we really moving into the idea that we need to all have our own circles and stick to our own circles? Like that's, that's where we're headed. And is that, is that a good place? Well, it has divided. It has, it has divided the community because there's a lot of, so, I mean, uh, people are people. And you can't help who you've fallen in love with, right? There's another fabulous social justice warrior that I follow whose girlfriend is white. And she will say, my girlfriend is white. And she will say, even on my girlfriend, on my white girlfriend, if you are this and if you are that, you know, having to do with racism, then this is what it is. Her girlfriend obviously is not racist. Right. But I'm sure they have cultural divides at questions or, or, yes. or things because that's just nature. Right. I mean, exactly. even, but. I agree with you, but this is. I don't know. It's weird. This becomes interesting because, but I know. So growing up, I remember, I mean, I definitely remember being in college and like dating somebody who was Jewish and saying, and, and him telling me he's, I'm going to marry somebody Jewish. And I was yep. like, well, I don't want to be married at all. So good, good, God bless. Go, go forth, you know, but the idea that like in the end, they're like, you know, I want to marry somebody Jewish because I want my kids to be raised Jewish and I want to continue the culture. It wasn't even about, you know, and, and there is that idea. So I, I mean, I can, from a white perspective, I can understand that people are saying, look, if every black person, you know what I mean, is with a white person and then we're going to whitewash black culture. And the same with indigenous, like it's the same with any religion. I understand that concern. Although there's a part of me that is, I don't know, there was some book written about 15 years ago, really about the browning of America. And I was like, but if we all just brown, if we all just blend eventually, do you know what I mean? It, it could be a beautiful place where we can celebrate culture. But no, and it be no. See, you don't. It won't happen because what will happen is that then there will become a caste system where the light people. Because okay. we already have that within all of these different communities. Okay, and the light skinned people and the dark skinned people and the this and that. It's just it will never because we're people and we no, are. It's true. This part of our this is part of our DNA. So we will never ever be able to come together as one. So this just I don't okay. I don't I don't. So then the idea that. is everybody should just do whatever they feel like doing and like and make you happy and so the idea is don't but i do struggle with that concept of you know you're dating a colonizer you're being with a colonizer like i struggle with that i was like holy shit really you've just eliminated i mean you do you but i yeah. don't again it's the idea of you do you but i get i get upset this is like where i don't really i hate when i get very upset when christians proselytize and I guess I'm going to be just as hostile. Do you mm. know what I mean? To proselytizers from any group. So if you're proselytizing, saying you should only date your own race or you should only date your own kind, I'm going to say no. Like life is too complicated. And as to your question as to whether it's so into, you ask like whether sort of transgressions or whatever is more accepted in different cultures yeah I, yeah i mean i think so but i think that me too is actually starting to change that as well my frame of reference for understanding the monica Lewinsky scandal 
And even that I call it the Monica Lewinsky scandal and not the Bill Clinton Clinton scandal, right? Mm -hmm. But even sort of thinking through that, like in the 90s, when I was living through that, I was very much, well, I still don't believe that it was an impeachable offense, by the way. Well, well, I do not believe that. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Right. But it was not right. But I was so like, let's just separate a man's let's just separate what that was from him doing his job. Like it's totally, it wasn't sexual harassment. She consented. Mm -hmm. She's over the age of 18. It's a non-issue. Like that was what I thought in the nineties. Now, you know, maybe, but maybe me too, maybe just being older and really understanding power and the power differential. I'm like, no, that was pretty fucking gross. And in the end, while I don't think it would ever, it was not sexual assault. It wasn't criminal. But was there kind of a, I mean, it's a gross vibe no matter what. So I say gross, like, ew, it's cringeworthy no matter what. But was there some abuse of power that, I mean, granted, she was might have been attracted to power, but maybe the person with more power and the person who was older and the person who was president should have actually shown better judgment. Yeah, sure. Sure. But, yeah. But of I. Course. Right. So the idea but I. It still doesn't affect uh, it still doesn't affect like when he sits down and he's. Uh, uh, well, I mean, the fact that he lied know. about it is also That's where the problem is. Right. That's the right. problem. That's the problem. Um, that he lied about it. Not so much that he did it. Right. Even though I still think the fact that he did it is like. Hey. It is disgusting and he is a dog. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Right. And should that have been brought up as a character issue in reelection or? Yeah, you know, absolutely. In that sense. And then let people make their own decision. And I think that's and I used to feel like back in the 90s, I was like, look at everybody in Europe. They have their transgressions and nobody ever thinks twice. It's just about can they do the job or not? I don't think that's quite true anymore. And so. I don't know. I have a lot of mixed feelings about it because I feel that I still struggle with this concept. And this is uh, that we are still women are still conditioned, Mm -hmm. probably from a very early age. Through society to like men in power, like it's attractive. So it's still like, you know, when you still look at and I think that's changing. But right. But older men women are still like we botox ourselves we like make ourselves look younger like it's about fighting the aging system and even though i think men are starting to do that too starting i have a friend who's a plastic surgeon who's only all his clients are men well that's fine but you and i both know that men can carry a pop belly and wear a five thousand dollars suit and 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 date a very young, beautiful woman where that's not going to happen on the reverse. Up. Yeah. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. Women. But that's what I'm saying. Like the women who date those older men. They're not all victims. It is that women are there is a group of women and I don't it's not even there's a group of women. I'm just saying gender wise, we are still conditioned that power men who have are powerful and wealthy and and what we call distinguished you know silver foxes you know we even have the term silver foxes you know even all of that 
I'm that sorry. They have to like, we're kind of, we still think though that power is is sexy where that isn't how women are necessarily viewed although i think it's changing like, as we age i got called a silver fox on, on instagram but i think the silver fox in men that 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 term you you have to be fit you don't necessarily have to be powerful you just have to look good that's more like aesthetic. okay that's fair but the idea though that like power is a thing that women are are conditioned to be attracted to success and the idea is that so then you look at a 20 year old who then is conditioned and not making 20 year olds don't have great impulse control. No 20 year old does. And then you have a very powerful person in there. Oh, power is what's attractive. It gets hard. Like, how do you then put that then in the context of the Me Too movement in sexual harassment or tort, you know, or ruining that man's yeah. career? There's it's just way more complicated than that, because we need to sort of think through how we, like, again, like how society conditions women to find power attractive. Yeah, because saying, though, there are a bunch of men that have podcasts now, Alex, and they come on and, and the, the newest they get trolled all the time because they're the, the stupid misogynistic things that they say. But the newest one that is going around is that this guy is uh, saying how, and, you know, in 2022, women are becoming more successful in their own right because they're unlearning this whole idea of needing a man or finding successful men attractive that the success, you know, should come from within, right? So this is, and I mean, you know, we're in our 50s, so we're not, we don't, we, we are, we're thinking, you know, from the past, but when you see the younger women coming up now, you can see that there is a fire inside of them to be successful within Absolutely. themselves, right? So that her, there was the, the guy goes that uh, he met this woman who said, you know, she's successful, has her own money, has her own car, bought her house, you know, has her dog, and that all she wants now, not that she needs, but all she wants now is to have a partner to share it with. Absolutely. And the guy goes, the guy goes, why? We don't need you. You know, why? we don't want you. You have everything. We don't want you. Well, right. I think that's exactly right, because then the other side of this, right, is that men are still conditioned that they need to take care of or yes. save like a woman. And that also needs to be broken down. I love that children's books are really changing because we really yeah. need to Start change. The idea. No princesses, no princes who save the princess. It's all so subtle. And people say, oh, it's fun. And I'm like, but it's if you're brought up thinking like you're going to get saved and get to wear a big ball dress, like then that's what you're thinking about at five. That's what you're that's what's conditioned as normal. And it's so subtle. And every man who every boy who reads that. Is thinking, oh, I've got to be successful be and have a sword or be really powerful and say, right. Absolutely. Play the dragons. Exactly. So it is about breaking down. And I actually think the thing that's going to really change that more than anything is it's funny, like it isn't going to be me, too. It's actually going to be the trans the trans movement, which is why yeah. everybody always gets so upset. Like, why is the trans movement moving so fast? Why is there so much attention being paid to it? And I was like, it's not just about the trans person. It's really about understanding that gender is not binary. 
mm-hmm. and really understanding that is as soon as we let go of that and really separate it from what your biological sex is when you're born versus what your gender choices are, we'll start to remake all of those concepts because then, I mean, you know, because then we're going to have to change. Everything is going to change and flow from there. So that's why I want everybody to sort of concentrate on that issue because then I think the rest flows and it's less punishing because I still feel like the Me Too movement and everything that's very necessary. I'm not saying it isn't necessary. I'm very much pro like it's time And I'm so excited that this generation is not accepting things that I sort of grew up saying, I just have to suck it up. So I'm so psyched about that, but it's a punishing movement. It's a movement of um, a punishing where I think the trans movement is a movement of acceptance and of beauty. And I think that's always better, right? It's always better to move in the positive light rather than move in the negative. So, no, you're 100% right. And you know what's in what I find interesting with this like whole discourse is that women seem to be moving faster than men because these men who were in this ridiculous podcast, they were young. They were young. They were in their early 30s, late 20s, and spouting this ridiculous shit. And the women they're talking about are their same age. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. And I mean, there's a whole movement on social media where women kind of like make fun of these, these podcasts. There's too many. There are too many men with microphones making podcasts about misogyny. Yeah. I mean, of course that's true because men are having, I mean, men are losing power. Mm -hmm. It's another period of time where they're losing power. I think the seventies was probably very much the same way. And and there's pushback and there's nervousness. And the thing is, is that it's not how do you convince people that it's not a pie? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where me getting one slice of pie does not mean you don't have as much pie like this is only better because the thing is, is that people are thinking about power. And I was like, okay, but there's a lot of power in a in a in a man deciding I want to be the primary caregiver. There should be a lot of power in that. There's no right. Instead of seeing it as like I'm taking it, let's really define it. And yes, women will have to be frustrated as soon as men really see that as a powerful move. There's going to be a lot more protection for parents than there was before because men are still making law. More men are still making laws. But you know what? I'm not going to cut off my nose to spite my face. Is that what it takes to get there? That's still better. Like it's still rising. And And I think that's really important. Isn't it funny, Alex, how we always have, with every single thing that we talk about, it's always the analogy of the pie. When are we all as a people, with everything from racism to feminism to everything, when are we all going to realize that it's not a pie? I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I kind of was hoping that the one thing, the one thing I can say about the situation in the Ukraine, and we don't want to get into it, but the the idea of that is that there is kind of a little bit of, there are larger issues yeah. and we can, there is that little, there's this little tiny 
ember of a slight like unification and we could we could and I know it's not unifying everything, but like we can build on that, like building something small and start to understand that it's not a pie. But I don't I don't know. Like there's a lot of racism and there's a lot of racism in what's happening over there as well. Absolutely. But just bringing it back to Formula One for a moment. Yeah. Oh, um, and you knew it. And you knew it. How many minutes are we into the podcast that we didn't talk about Formula One? All right. Tell us. The, the, tell us. The American team. To Formula One. The American team, the Haas American team, had a Russian sponsor, Yurikali, and they, a Russian driver. And this, it was reported three days ago that they had parted ways with them due to the crisis in Ukraine. So they now have to find a new driver and a new sponsor. This is the American team. The American, the only American team on the Formula One grid. I was like, this is big news. Of course, it got buried. It got buried because it's really not big for, I guess. But but it's big for Formula One. Not even. It's, It's seven stories down now on the Formula One website. It is not big news on the Formula One website either. Wow, that's weird. It is very weird. Very weird. But to me, I was like, wow, does this mean we're going to get an American driver on the grid? I don't know. Could happen. Oh, God. To be for the American, I think, because we're going to have three Grand Prix in America. Uh, no, we're going to have two, sorry, two Grand Prix in America uh, this year. If we had an American driver to rally around when they come to America, it would really put Formula One on a Yeah, it would be very smart. It would be very smart to like. So, but I just don't know if there's any American drivers that are ready. There's one guy. There's one guy, but I don't know that he's that good. I don't know. Anyway, just very interesting that this Ukraine crisis has reached so many different things. I don't, do you, did you hear about the African-American female basketball player that's being held in Russia on some charges of having a vape pen? Um, no, but I'm sure the that's retribution. Yeah, she's playing. She plays for the Russian team when she's not when not on off wow. season. And she was on her way back, and they detained her and have arrested her. She's been in prison now for four weeks. Wow. But I'm not surprised that's happening. I mean, that's retribution for what's going on. I mean, that's she's. You I know, know. But she's African American, so I thought for sure that they wouldn't care. But it has made the news. So I don't know. I mean, there's been so many weird things with this war, I have to tell you. I mean, when it first happened, I was very, very concerned about, you know, the Ukraine. I was very concerned just about the implications of how this is going to happen with China as well. You know, because China pretty, pretty much has everybody by the balls, for sure. Every single country in the world. I mean, we rely on them so much that when the pandemic started, we, we couldn't even produce cars because they're all made over there. You know what I mean? Right. All the little pieces. I mean, even my, my company, we, there's pieces that are made there that we couldn't get a hold of. And so, you know, the supply chain has been terrible for so many things and they've got us all by the short curlies. And so the implications of Russia and China banding together against the world could be really bad, you know? So when this right. first started, I was really nervous. But I felt really bad for the Ukrainian people up until the moment that I saw the videos of all of the Ukrainian people stopping the African students from getting on the train. And then I was like, what? I feel sorry for the um, Ukrainian because nobody should be in this situation. And then the media starts going on about how 
there was a guy who said, listen, you know, this is a civilized country. You know, this is a, these are civilized people. We need to see them as civilized. So when you guys bombed off Afghanistan, they weren't civilized people. Do you know what I mean? And then how just even America, and I guess I don't know if this is uh, like fully in the news as well, how here in America we're throwing out Haitian, Haitian people who are coming here because they, you know, because of the devastation that's happening in Haiti. We are throwing out lots of refugees from brown countries. I actually have to get the article. I'm going to send it to you. I have five of different refugees that are being, you know, stopped or detained or, or told to go back. Yet there's an article this morning in the New York Times about how we're going to let in as many Ukrainian refugees as possible. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Like, refugees are refugees. And, and to be fair, the refugees from the Middle East are, the, are refugees because of our influence. So what, what? The Russians are also bombing, you know, for Afghanistan, but we're not taking in the Afghan people, I mean, this is just, it's so upsetting to be a brown and black person and watch all of this go down. Yeah, and no, want, it's, it's want, true. You want to feel a certain type of way for the for the Ukrainians because obviously, you know, you don't want people to be bombed in their country. But you, you, you know, how how am I supposed to feel as a, as a black woman when this is all going down? It just makes me... Yeah. And it's like when people tell me that racism is only big in America, I'm like, are you watching the news? Because I'm yeah. telling you, it's all over the world. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I did think about that. I mean, I think I think it's complex and I and I'm not really prepared with reading up or data to sort of say, well, it's a lot more complex. Yeah. But. I will say like my first reaction too was when I was in Albania last year and I saw people from Syria just walking alongside the highway to try yep. to get to Europe. So they were just walking through and that concept of nobody wants them. It's yes. just, it's horrible. And obviously they are brown people. And then with Ukraine, like it is sort of like everybody's opening up their doors like and that's hard to stomach even if you tell me even if there is nuance and even if there is it is more complicated which i even agreeing that it's more complicated and nuanced and it's not just racism mm -hmm. i'm sorry you still have to say it should still make you feel a little sick to your stomach yeah a little like, icky. That, it should make you feel icky exactly because there's something wrong with our worldliness well, even for me, everybody's, oh, we're easing up restrictions. We're doing this. So I was like, okay. And everybody's thinking we're done. And I'm like, all right, as long as much of Africa is not vaccinated, do you know what I mean? Like, like there can just be another sweep of an Omicron and yeah. it could, or a Delta, you know, that, that, that comes through it's so short sighted that yeah. we're like, oh, we're done. But we have one entire continent that is not is not as vaccinated as the United States or Europe. And there's we've got to. How can we just ignore that? We are not. We seem to have a global economy, but we don't have full global. Responsibility, it is. It goes back to I'm sorry, take it back to Star Trek Federation, <laughs> man. 
So she got Formula One in and, and I got Star Trek in. But it is that idea that we need to start thinking it's not just about money, you know, and yeah. it's no, well, I, because totally this agree. is all about money, though, Alex. Oh, that's, it is. No, that's what it, well, it's true. It's but, all about money. It, I mean, there's no other explanation as to why you would put everybody at risk if it wasn't yeah. about money. Yeah. You know, I mean, I work in a mall and. The, the way COVID ripped through the mall for Christmas, yet we are open and people are walking in our store without masks. And yep. I'm telling you, I'm still wearing a mask. A guy actually said to me, why are you wearing your mask? The restrictions have been lifted. He walks into my store to tell me to take off my mask. And I said to him, well, you know, this is private property and the mall actually hasn't lifted the restrictions. So you actually should be wearing a mask. And my company has not lifted the restrictions. So I will be wearing my mask if I want to keep my job. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you and get the fuck out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want your money. Oh, but, I know. Uh, yeah, so, but, you know, I, I do want his money because I really need to make my money. <laughs> my gold. <laughs> <laughs> because what does it come down to? Money. It does. It really does. Oh my God, on that note, we probably should end. <laughs> All right, that's good. You can find us at womenbridgingthegap.com or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You and Spotify. <laughs> even Spotify. We shouldn't be on Spotify. I know, but, really, but we are. But we are, because actually no one will care. We do yes. not make a difference yet, at least yet. Um, at least All right, find and follow Lenya on TikTok because, you know... And we're going to have Brendan on pretty soon to have a check-in with him. See, yes. we didn't even get to New Year's goals. It's March and we still haven't talked about it. I don't know. Do I have any? Do you? Staying happy. Yes. Staying alive. Staying stay alive, alive. Staying happy. And healthy. There we and go. Healthy. Everybody stay alive, stay healthy, and stay as happy as you can. We love you. Bye.